You with me? Breathe Goose in. Rock. <laughs> all right, all right. It was... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is episode 83 of Wayne and with Travis Hartman. I am B-Money, the producer. That over there is Weekend Trav, coming to you from the TH Boxing Facility, one of our media partners, along with IF Enterprises and Gulfstream Financial. Uh, we are coming to you live for us, but not for you, as you're probably watching this on Wednesday or another day during the week, as that's when this video and this podcast video posts, as well as the audio, if you're catching us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon Alexa, everywhere else you get your audio listening podcast sources. That's where we're at. But video-wise, we are here on YouTube, as well as Rumble. Did I forget anything, Weekend Trap? I don't think so. Okay, good. It's solid. All business. We've been getting some solid traction on YouTube as well. I think so. YouTube channels are getting solid traction. It looks looks as as solid as, well, I was going to go into like a uh, Mexican food joke because I'm part Mexican, but anyways, I can do that. We can travel. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, buddy. Kind of see you. A little, a little rough around the edges, I think. <laughs> the glasses are probably going to stay on for a while. <laughs> okay. Because uh, the reason why I mention that, folks, is that this is the number one beards, bourbon, and boxing podcast shot in Orlando, Florida, specifically Laureate Park, specifically a boxing gym, specifically on the second floor in the podcast room of that boxing gym, shot on a Sunday or Monday, but today is Monday. In the world. In the world. It drops on Wednesday. We would have shot on Sunday, but somebody over here had what we call the Irish flu, yes, though you were with yep. some of your uh, English boys, yep. and uh, had a pretty good Saturday night, it sounds like. It was a very fun Saturday night. Probably because on top of toasting life in general, we also had the Devin Haney-George Cambosis fight that was on ESPN Plus, I believe, Weekend Trav. And regular ESPN. And regular ESPN. So we had that big-time matchup on the 135ers to be the undisputed, unified champion of the world. And if we're stats are right, it's the first time that division has been unified ever. That's right. Not unified undisputed 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 because unified just means one or more titles so they were undisputed which means they have all four of the real belts so very interesting you had the aussie george cambosis taking on the american devin haney down there in australia and a a lot of press for this fight a lot of uh Tell me about it was a what a sold out down there I believe forty yeah, forty one thousand one hundred and twenty nine wow. was the official attendance which makes it the second most attended fight in Australian modern day boxing history since second to Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn in twenty seventeen which is that's some pretty good numbers to do for a guy like Cambosis and Devin Haney who the average person honestly probably didn't know who they were so for them to pull those kind of numbers very good which also I think tells you. Where's boxing at as a whole right now? Uh, according to you, back. back. They never went away, but we never are went away. bigger, better than ever. So we can try. This was an interesting matchup. You had uh, George Cambosis coming off of the uh, uh, upset victory against Teofimo Lopez to bring home all those titles that he had around his waist. Mm-hmm. He's there in his home country, and he's fighting uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, native Devin Haney, mm-hmm. who arguably is is one one of the best in this division and uh, maybe yep. that maybe now he can uh, actually stake his uh, he is the best stake his claim on that completely um interesting file uh not file interesting style and technique uh the both of these are definitely both different yeah tell me what you saw here in this fight in this matchup leading up to it in the fight and then obviously what we're going to look at 
down the road for both of these. I think if you go back to episode 82, when we were talking about this, I said the game plans for each guy to implement to win was going to be if Devin Haney controlled the center of the ring and boxed and used his jab mm-hmm. and didn't let Cambosis turn it into a slugout and a dogfight, Devin Haney was going to win. Cambosis now had to make it a dogfight, get in there, rough him up, and just make it ugly, and he wasn't able to do that because Devin Haney came prepared. Devin Haney came, um, his fitness level was at an unreal level because mm-hmm. he had a box and move, box and move constantly because Cambosis is good. Like, yeah. the guy's good. He's, He's all energy. All He's energy. not, it wasn't a one-off that he beat Tia from no. Lopez. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that he's the best in that division ever of all time. I'll, no, but the guy is a legit fighter. He was a legit world champion, and Devin Haney beat a legit guy in that guy's home country where you're talking about Devin Haney had to be over there for a couple of weeks, more than that, I think, maybe, just to get used to that time difference because I think it's 15 or 16 hours ahead. Yeah. So when they fought, it was actually Sunday afternoon yeah, in Australia. Interesting storyline overall for Devin Haney. He's been there for a couple of weeks, and on top of that, his father had a problem trying to get clearance into the country mm-hmm. until basically 11th hour. Mm-hmm. He's, he finally arrives hours basically hours yeah. before this fight which is a huge emotional win for Devin Haney huge. to have his father in his corner um and if anything to me when that happened I, I thought to myself this fight's over all the emotion now is back in, in Devin Haney's corner and it's taken away from Cambosis in his hometown with that energy I thought oh boy if if the battle plan that you had mentioned last episode comes to fruition Devin Haney's going to take this thing. The odds makers had it weekend, Trav. Basically, yeah. going the distance, if you looked at any of the odds, it was either going to be a late round over 10 and a half rounds or yeah. the full 12, which it ended up being the decision. Yeah. Um, I didn't think there was going to be a knockout from the beginning. I told everybody, I didn't think there was going to be a knockout. The, neither guy, I don't think anybody at those two styles, there was going to be a knockout. Cambosis made big mistakes to me in this fight where he didn't really – Utilize his game plan. He didn't do what he is strong and his best strengths are. He tried to outbox someone that has the top, one of the top boxing IQs in this division. Major disadvantage for uh, Cambosis in this fight to do that, but that's what he tried to do. I don't know why fighters do that so much. They're trying to prove something rather than go with what's got you here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened either, too, because something very curious happened. Cambosis came in overweight at the initial Mm weigh-in too. mm -hmm. It was only like, it was less than a half a pound, but still, a a fight that magnitude in your home country, I just figured that they would have that down pat because you're a world champion now. You're you're a unified world champion. I just, it didn't look good, and I'm thinking maybe, maybe that had something to do with his performance too because who knows, maybe he let his weight get out of hand. That guy's a gym rat though. He seems to be like he's always in the gym. They try to make it seem like that was part of the mental games. I'm like, no, it's not. Come on. You always say that after the fact. I know, after the fact. You came back within two hours after you weighed, no problem. Uh, He probably peed in and got it off. He took a dump, whatever was in there, right? Maybe If he he had anything in there though. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe he just clipped his toenails and he, and he, he made it, right? It, it was definitely it, it made me scratch my head because I was like wondering are they trying to play head games or not? If he would have won, I'd be like, yeah, that was a head game. But he didn't. He got dominated, and yeah. what dominated him, and this is what I try to teach all my kids here, is that a jab, a simple jab, can win you a fight. Yep. That jab of Devin Haney's controlled that whole fight. Yep. He kept Cambosis off balance, kept popping him with the jab, kept moving around, moving in circles, fought in good circles, and literally just outboxed him in his home country and. If the fight would have been even a little bit close, I think that Devin Haney would have lost because when I seen the scorecards, they were 116, 112, 116, 112, 118, 110. 
those 116, 112s are a little bit head scratchers for me. Mm. Based on everybody that watched the fight too, they were like, 116, 112 is a little bit too close. Mm. That's I, I thought the fight was probably more like a 10 rounds to two. That 116, 112 makes it more, what is that, uh, eight to four? So you're saying if Cambosis would have battled the way that he, let's say, was fighting with Teofimo Lopez, those scores would have tightened up. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then, you know, obviously difference typically goes to the hometown favorite, right? Especially in the home country. And that that many people, was 41,000 people time. was rallying around That's a guy great. like Cambosis. That's amazing. For like, a country like Australia that, that dealt with lockdown stuff much worse than we did for, oh, yeah. for a lot longer yep. for that. That's amazing that they had that kind of a crowd on attendance. That's awesome for boxing. That's awesome for Cambosis. And it, uh, it, I don't know if, it, to me, it delivered. Most people who watched it probably didn't necessarily think that because they thought that, that Devin Haney has that style that's not really fan-friendly. The average person says fair. that. For me watching it, what he does, he did what he does what Mayweather does. He does make a fight. Most people watch it and they're like, oh, that was boring. I'm like, no, that was brilliant and masterful. Yeah. He had to have a brilliant game plan and he executed it. And he also, it wasn't like he just danced around. He tagged Cambosis yeah. as well. Cambosis' face was pretty marked up. And Devin Haney had a couple marks on his face too. So it was a little it's bit of a fight. It's nothing new we can try. We've talked about Devin Haney in the past, and that's this is his style. It is, it is. I mean, to the casual fan, the casual watcher, it is, quote-unquote, a little boring, but it's technical. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was brilliant. It, it's a masterful performance of the sweet science, and he, he performed his game plan exactly the way he wanted to dictate that whole fight to the decision. I'm sure every every boxer out there wants to finish a fight. I get that. Yeah, for sure. But for them, this is blueprint. At that level too, undis- usually undisputed unified fights very very rarely end in right. KO. Right. Just does because that means that those guys are undisputed means that they both are world champions. Yeah. It's hard to knock out a world champion. I don't care who you are. It's hard. At that level, it's very hard. It does happen, but it's very hard. What I do find interesting though is there's a rematch clause. Mhm. So I don't know that it's a fight worthy of a rematch, but maybe it is because of the amount of people that did tune in. Yeah, so maybe that makes that makes it worthy. Plus, it doesn't matter if it's worthy or not. If it's in the contract, it's in the contract. It's in the contract. They're going to run it back in the fall. They say we're going to have to pump the brakes on everything else that everyone's now talking about. Lomachenko and all these people that possibly could battle Devin Haney. Listen. Cambosa says first rights of refusal on yep. this thing, and and so we're probably going to see that. We're probably going to see it in the states, maybe towards the end of the year. I would yep. think. Um, yeah, for sure. I think September, October ish. Yeah, as like long that. as both camps can come to some sort of an agreement. But overall, I want to see that. I want to watch it. I would imagine, and this is just kind of a quick armchair quarterback sort of gut response. Devin Haney finishes this one, and, and may, probably doesn't go the distance. Maybe goes ladder rounds, but I don't think Cambosis really has at this level what it takes to take Haney out in the U.S. Yeah. No, and he's going to have to, though. Yeah. And, that, and that's probably going to be to his disadvantage because he's going to be thinking, I got to get this guy out of here, which means he might make more mistakes. If you leave yourself open and make mistakes against a guy like Haney, he will make you pay. Yeah. So here it's a good point. I don't know if I'm going that far to say that it'll stop him, but if that thought process comes in, which it should, you have to come to the States and beat this guy. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go for broke means you're going to come at him, make some mistakes, leave yourself open, and if it doesn't turn out good for you, Devin Haynes is going to put your lights out. Absolutely. Easily could happen that way. So that division is on lockdown right now, like you said, for the lightweight division, which is the 135-pound division. We have some hot fighters in that division. You got Ryan Garcia, you got Javante Davis, you got Shakir Stevens, who might move up because he's 130. Uh, So it's a very hot division, but guess what? It's going to be put on hold until next year. It is. We are not going to see... Uh, unless there's no rematch, but you're not going to see any of those guys get in the ring for a world title. The world title right now goes through Devin Haney, yep. and Devin Haney has a, a a rematch clause. So Devin Haney 
pretty much has to fight Cambosis yep. unless they pay some step aside money, which they won't. He'll fight him again. They'll make some really good money yep. and then go from there. Um, so end of that fight, I have to give a little bit of a, a dig to my buddies, uh, Lewis and Frankie. I made a bet with them. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, they both thought Cambosis was going to win, which which is funny because just reverse, Cambosis, when he fought Tiafama Lopez, all three of us agreed, hey, we're going to bet on Cambosis. We think Cambosis can upset this guy. Well, they're still in the Cambosis train. And they're like, Travis, I think Cambosis. I was like, all right. Let's make an interesting bet. And like, okay, what is it? Whoever loses has to make a video mm. and post it on social media. And they had to read this that said, I made a bet against the great Travis Hartman and I lost. Never bet against his boxing picks because he is good. <laughs> and they did it though. They owned up to it. I appreciate it, fellas. You guys owned up to that. Um, we might post a video if, if we have it on there, uh, but I appreciate that. They, they lost fair and square. They have beaten me before yep. with uh, Usyk, Joshua, Lewis. They have a great track them. record. They do. They're very good. So that's why I was like, I was a little bit worried when I made the bet. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. But it came through. And Devin Haney, who I've talked about about a year and a half ago on this podcast, I think he's got the ability not only to win a world title, I think he has the ability to keep a world title for a very long time. Well, so it's interesting you brought up uh, Mayweather because a few years back, he, Mayweather had mentioned, and he said this about a couple of people, but he said Devin Haney has kind of all the makings of him. It, it reminds him a lot of himself, and you saw that. This, this is the style. Everyone would complain about Mayweather as the boring and this yeah. and that, especially toward the latter half of his career. Listen, if it wins, it wins fights for you. It's going to keep belts around your waist. Yep. It's going to pay you. It's going to keep you clean. Yep. Okay. It's got long-lasting ability. And longevity, guys. This and is his longevity. fights were boring. They end up getting a little bit exciting towards the end, too, yeah. because of all the, the, the buildup and all of that. So it is what it is. At the end of the day, if I had any boxers, and I would tell the younger boxers, listen, to the younger pro boxers, get your Ws and get out of there. Yeah. Okay? You'll have time later in your career to have some wars, uh, but really don't look for wars. No. Get your butt. Get clean. Beat these guys. Folks, get the W and get out. It's about longevity, too, in the sport. If this is what you do for a living— you need longevity. Okay? Get in, get out, get home safe. Get home safe, cash your checks, right, and pay the IRS. Devin Haney, make sure you pay the IRS. Congratulations to you, the, the first ever undisputed unified champ in the 135 weight class. And he's from USA. From the USA. Go USA. But also uh, congratulations to, uh, for that short little run with George Cambosis. Listen, he's he's a, he's an he exciting a fighter. He was a good, good story. story. Exciting fighter. And uh, we'll see the rematch probably towards the end of the year with those two. But like you had mentioned, that division, there's just a lot. The easiest and hardest job we can have is to be a matchmaker for the 135 division. Easiest because there's so many options. Yeah. Hardest because you got to get these guys on the, in the same room, basically. Yep. And uh, especially, hard now. especially now when it's going to be delayed for another six-plus months uh, as we wait along for Haney and Kambosis round two. So uh, we can travel. That being said, we now move on. Let's talk about what we are trying to consume here, this Haruzaki Finest Japan Whiskey. It actually is some pretty expensive uh, whiskey as so, well. So, folks, if you've been following along with us for however long we've been doing this, almost two years, I guess, uh, this is one of the first ones we ever had. I think maybe it was even the second one we had. Mm-hmm. And we just had, uh, we just had, you know, some remnants, and it's probably not the smartest thing to uh, drink. It's very much fermented at this point. It was aged. It was very aged. It was aged. Um, <clears throat> so we're trying to get through this. It's officially done at this point. We've officially finished it. This was probably back before we actually gave scores is how long ago we um, we drank this. So it's not a bourbon, folks. I know we were the number one uh, Beards Bourbon and Boxing Podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Bourbon is a whiskey, though. 
It is, but we haven't had a straight bourbon in a long time, so mm-hmm. sorry about that to you uh, purists out there. But this, we're finishing off this Hatozaki. Hatozaki. And this stuff is actually, the price point of the stuff is pretty expensive, too. Like, I think this stuff's up around 80 bucks, if I'm right, 89 <sighs> bucks even, maybe. So it's pretty expensive stuff. Um, although we might not like it when we drank it first, we drank it all the way yeah, down. That's true. That one setting. So. There was something about it that brought us but, back. I but weekend Trav, in those days we were doing hour and a half long quadcasts. Oh, that's true. Talking about God knows what. Uh, it was in the middle of the beginning stages of this pandemic. There was no sports activity going on. Zero. I mean, I, I'm sure I was making my WNBA wise cracks, things yeah. like that. <laughs> oh, I still for a good 30 to 45 oh, minutes. Oh, by the way, did you see they're looking to expand the WNBA? And to and to more cities. That's such a smart Brit business in the, idea. In the United States? Yeah. Huh. More teams, more ex- uh, expansion teams in the WNBA. What a I, smart business move. I thought they were struggling. What a smart business move. That seems weird to me what? because I thought they were struggling. I, you know I what? thought they were struggling. When you're struggling, you expand. Is but, that what you're supposed to I do? But I think what's going to end up happening, we're going to see some more of these conversions happen. These, like I told you back oh, several weeks no. ago, these bench warmers. No. Okay, okay. Anyway, anyways. I digress. The, mm-hmm. Blame the Haruzaki, folks. Um, so in honor of the reason why we chose this, though, is because mm-hmm. it is Japanese, and that is where this next fight is happening, is in Japan. It's happening on Tuesday night. So our podcast will drop on a Wednesday. So the fight will have already happened. Yeah. But it's, uh, in a way, how do you say his first name? Naoye? Naoye? In a way. In a way. That's, everybody knows him in a way. He's yeah. the monster. Yeah. Right. He's fighting Nonito Donaire in Japan. Super Arena in Satama? I yep. Don't, I don't know. It's a rematch for them. They, they, fought, right, yep. they, they fought a few fights ago uh, for both of them. Yep. Um, uh, the monster, in a way, he is considered one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world, Weekend Trav. Doesn't get a lot of love just because he's in the 118 weight class. The Bantam division, the thing. He, Bantam you know, doesn't really fight here in the U.S. much. It's uh, So this fight, obviously, is in Japan. I don't think very much ever. Uh, but, folks, this guy... He fits the bill. He is the monster. I know it's not as exciting to watch 118 fighters all the time, but this guy is a stud. But Donaire is very, very solid himself. He's just, He's been around a long time. So the reason why the fight's pretty exciting, though, too, is the fact that Inouye has, leading up to the first Donaire fight, he knocked out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight people in a row leading up to Donaire. Donaire and him in the first fight went the distance in a 12-rounder. And correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that like a fight of the year candidate that year? I can't remember or not, I thought but it, it was. must have been because of Inouye's just I'm who he sure is. I'm pretty sure it was. And one of the scorecards had it tight, 114 to 113, which means there was probably some knockdowns or points taken away because I'm looking at the other scorecards, 116, 111. So there might have been a knockdown. But the point of it is, too, after um, Nonito and Inouye fought, the... In a way, ended up fighting three more times after that and knocked everybody else after that. So clearly, Donaire's got something. Clearly, he's got something. So Donaire is a little bit older now, a couple years older since the first one. He's 39. Um, I watched a couple interviews with Donaire, and he doesn't seem as like, I don't know. I think I think the weight maybe is getting to him because he used to fight at a higher weight, kind of came down a little bit. So he doesn't look all there to me. And that's just, maybe it's just from a video that I saw that it just wasn't the best. He could have just been waking up. I don't know. But he didn't look like healthy and just like ready and fit so i know the guy works his butt off though because i I know that camp he does i'm not saying he came there not trained but he just didn't look all there to me well we're filming this about 12 10 to 12 hours before the fight actually happens you guys are going to see it after the fight's over so here this is the crystal ball 
Inouye is going to win. Okay. Donaire is going to retire. And it's over. Could happen. If, depends on how this, if Inouye somehow is able to finish Donaire. He's going to finish him. Then he probably. Donaire is going to retire. He probably will walk away because Donaire, by the way, at one time, Donaire was considered the number one pound for pound fighter Mm -hmm. in the world at one time in his career, which people don't realize that. And this kid's had a phenomenal I career. He's a Hall of Famer. I guarantee you right now, because we're about 10 hours away from the fight itself, 10 to 12 hours, Donaire's already sitting there right now thinking about this, thinking, hmm, if Inouye knocks me out, should I retire? He's, it's already crossing his mind. And you know very well we can travel when, as a professional athlete, athlete, when, as a professional <laughs> athlete, when, once that creeps into your head, yep. it's basically over. They say that if you're thinking about retirement, you've already retired. You've already that's retired. A, that's a common like um, thought process. Uh, but I'll give you one. I'll give you a devil's advocate there. If you know that if you lose, you can retire right off in the sunset. You have nothing to lose. The pressure is Very not true. on you because that's the truth. If he goes out there and loses, he's 39. He's had a phenomenal career. He can be like, oh, you know, I'm going to walk away. No big deal. It's not. There's no shame in that at all. So he could be going in there with nothing to lose. And just go out there and fight his butt off and fight a fight of his life and Could. probably pull off a Hall of Fame well, career. Is it worth, is it worth the is. gamble then? Is it worth the gamble? Because I, I didn't I didn't I look at Donaire's line. I didn't look at Donaire's line, but I know in a way it was a minus six hundred. That's n- that pays you nothing. So that means that Donaire should be up there. It Must might be, be worth it. it. I might I might just for the outside fact that yes, Donaire can still fight. He's sure. not up there just he taking can still a payday. Fight for sure. He can still fight, but he could be thinking honestly. Every fight from this point on could be his retirement fight Mm -hmm. so i'm telling you when when you have that there it does it can serve two processes meaning you're already retired so if it gets really hard in that fight you're more apt to check out and be like i'm done i'm not gonna take a more i'm not gonna take more of a beating and i'm done right or you can be like i have nothing to lose there's no pressure in winning or losing for me at this point in my career and he can go out and fight a fight of his life because he has no pressure 118 is hard to make over and over again they both made weight so yeah and donaire is actually not a very short guy either he's actually pretty tall for that division that's why 118 is is i'm telling you man it's pretty small for him um i'm trying donaire's five seven yeah five seven 118 b money that's tiny like that's really tiny. Let me see what Donaire when he was Donaire fought as high as one twenty six in the part in the bigger part of his career one twenty two one twenty six most of his career. So the fact that he sucked down towards the very end like this is actually insane. The fact that he's made that and made it happen. So Five, props seven, to him, man. But he's tall for that division. That's why when he went up to featherweight, which was one twenty six, he was just fine because mm. he's five seven. Mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao welterweight five five. Mm-hmm. So. Nonito Donaire is very tall for his division, and maybe maybe that's going to serve him well if, if he's prepared and he's got the energy and he's got the, the hunger. Maybe it serves him well. I don't know. I'm not trying to talk it like he's going to win. I'm not. But I'm also trying to keep it level to where I think he's a live underdog because I think he's going to go out there and knowingly, if he loses, like badly, he retires. Well, either way. We're either going to have to eat our words or do whatever because the fight's over by the time you all yeah. see this at home or listen to yeah. this at home. The fight's been over for over a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it's happening when we wake up in the morning after we go to the gym. Yep. It's going to be on ESPN, I think. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, where is it they're going to play this at? I will or ESPN right Plus. I can't now. remember. It is. If you give me like two seconds, I'll tell you. I'll give you two seconds. Boxing schedule. That's what she said. I think. <laughs> Did she say that? Mm. 
We have uh, June se- ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. So ESPN, DAZN, Showtime, all of those guys have really been bringing it home, man. Every weekend there's been fights. Yeah. There's, there's fights this Friday as well on yep. Showtime, but we don't really care about those that much. But if we're moving on from the Donaire Let's one. Let's go to move which, on. Solid fight. Hope everybody watches because it'll be exciting. Congratulations, in a way, on your uh, on your victory, <laughs> and congratulations on Daener to your great career. I hope you enjoy retirement. Phenomenal career, by the Hall of Fame career. <laughs> let's see if I'm right. Let's. Uh, you you probably will be. I don't be know. Fair, we'll see. We'll see. Well, what else do we have coming up? Weekend travel. We'll kind of round out the episode. Your boy, be money. Berlanga. Your boy. June 11th on nice. ESPN, regular ESPN, not even plus. So the Puerto Rican sensation. Edgar Berlanga. He's fighting, though. Yeah, he's fighting. Um, I can tell you the name. I'm going to look him up in a second. Alex or Romer Alex Angulo. Angulo is a very, very tough name, by the way. There's Alfred Angulo who used to fight. Uh, doesn't fight anymore. We can trap. I have two boys that I really have. I'm high on here. Actually, three, but one of them's hurt or he got sick. Number one, Edgar Berlanga. Okay. We just talked about him. And then number two, Abraham Nova. The beard. The guy, yes. He's hurt? He's hurt? I no, no, he's no, hurt. no, 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 uh, um, no. Um, um, Xander Zayas. Zayas, He yes. wasn't hurt. He got sick or something. He had to back out of his fight that was supposed to be, I think, this weekend as well. He was down there with, I think, Cambosis. With Cambosis. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my three. Those are my three. A throwback? Cambosis used to be a sparring partner with Manny Pacquiao? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he called out. Devin Haney a traitor because Devin Haney was giving him feedback on Teofimo Lopez, yet he helped Pacquiao train against... Horn. Jeff Horn. Yeah. Isn't yeah. oh, okay. that funny? I didn't even realize that after he said it. Yeah. But anyways. It pretty stupid. Anyways. So we got Berlanga. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Berlanga's fighting a tough guy. Um, oh, very tough guy, actually. So listen to this. So Berlanga's fighting a guy who is seven or 27 and two, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's one of this guy's losses are to big ones, man. Gilberto Ramirez beat him in a 12 run decision. And then David Benavidez, mm. who is 22 and 0, and everybody mm-hmm. talks about this guy as mm-hmm. the next coming at the super middleweight division. Mm-hmm. He beat him in the 10th round um, of a 12 round schedule fight. And then now Berlanga. This I, I would say we've said this his last couple fights, but I'm going to say it again that I think this is Berlanga's biggest step up. Yeah. So and it should be. We're going to see, and this is at Madison Square Garden. So we're going to see what Berlanga really is made of. 19 and 0. He's in against a, a legit guy who David Benavidez fought. Who everybody thinks that's the coming of the division. So we'll it should see. be interesting because Berlanga, from all intents and purposes, his last fight wasn't as impressive as obviously the string of like what 10, 11 knockouts in a row 18 prior. Knockouts, 18 knockouts, I believe. A, yeah, but the last fight wasn't as impressive yep. against a lesser known opponent as well. Steve Rolls, yeah. So this will be an interesting test for him, especially in a hometown uh, venue, especially Madison Square Garden, which you know you have experience yeah. there in the garden. Um, as as uh, put yourself in the boxer shoes now, weekend Trav, as you are a boxer, fighting Madison Square Garden. What goes through your head? I mean, you're the bright lights, bro. This is your, you're the garden, like literally. That's a big deal. So yeah. it can either do two things to you: it can make you rise to the challenge, and the great ones do, or it will crumble you because it is New York. It is different atmosphere. It is just and for Berlanga. It's Puerto Rican. I mean, that's massive, a very, very massive Puerto massive Rican, Puerto Rican population. They're massive. going to be there in full effect. I believe he's he's from New York. I'm pretty sure that's hometown fight for him. Um, so that's a lot of pressure going into this big time fight. 
And Berlinka's had a lot of pressure on him this last like three or four fights, and I think that's why we've also now saw he's had three straight decision wins, fifteen straight knockout wins, mm-hmm. three straight decision wins now. Because I I said this in the podcast too. I was like, that's why I'm not. It's not that I'm down on Berlinga. I'm just not high on him yet. He I needs to show us something. something. Yes, and I, I haven't have seen a feeling. It I have a feeling we can trap. He's from the. He's from Brooklyn. I have a feeling. He's going to show us something on this one against a prime candidate. He's going to show us something, Edgar Berlanga. This would be— Mark my words. If there's any time for him to show out, it would be right now because it looks like he is— I'm pretty sure he's the headliner. I know he is for ESPN. He must be. He's headlining in New York as a Puerto Rican, as a very highly touted 19-0 super middleweight. That division is there for the taking. So, and it's the young guys are coming up. I it's mean, time you to got, show up and show it is, out. It's time to show up and sh- exactly. And it's Puerto Rico. They they come out in droves there, as we know. Amanda Serrano just fought there, and the Puerto Ricans Massive. love their fighters yeah, there. They yeah. just do. So, Madison Ward is perfect for him. He's nineteen and 16 knockouts. I think anything less than a knockout for him right now is not a success he's not had success. three straight where they've they sold this kid as a power puncher yeah, he yeah. had like i think he had like 10 straight first round knockouts and then it was like 15 straight knockouts yeah or like 10 or 11 that's what it was it didn't first, round the first rounds yeah. yeah and then he went on a couple knockout streaks where it took him a little bit later and then he went the distance three times in a row now yep. so i think they sold him and they build him as this next like big time puncher he needs a knockout let's see what happens if he gets a knockout dude that place is going to go insane. Insanity. That's this Friday. Is that correct? It's this. Uh, it's or June it's 11th. I think June it's Saturday. 11th. Okay, so it's this Saturday. Yeah, it's June 11th. That's a Saturday. And we, and the folks at home can watch this on what service? ESPN. So it's ESPN. ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the party, guys. Doing some good stuff They've for been us. Putting some salt. I, I'm surprised that the Cambosis versus Haney was ESPN because Cam, or, um, Devin Haney is a DAZN guy. I just don't think they were. They mixed. They mingled. I them. just don't think. I didn't think that any of the promoters were sold on the idea of pay per view yet with him. Which is fair. That's probably how they got forty some thousand people there because they didn't make it pay per view and they had that. So and neither guy I think is a big pay per view sell no. yet. But I think it's awesome that DAZN, I'm, I'm positive that Haney fights for DAZN. DAZN, this is good for them. Well, here, they were here, like, this is a history-making well, chance. We can trap. Can you tell me one other fight that was on that card? No. Exactly. So, yeah, that being said. Point. And then also this card in Madison Square Garden. Can you tell me another fight? No. No. So, but it's going to be good. It's going to be entertaining. Definitely watch it, folks. We talk all the time about supporting local fights, local fighters. Obviously, New York City is a little bit different. Um, but if you have the chance and ability to go support local homegrown talent at some sort of a venue in your home city or your or close by, do it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you get Live to support. Is amazing, dude. Live is amazing. You get to support these guys coming up out of the uh, out of the ranks, and it's an awesome time. We enjoy doing that as 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 a unit here, and we're going to be doing that over the summer as well. Yep. Um, we can travel. We're going to go ahead and tie uh, this one up, put a bow on it. Okay, episode 83 of Wayne In with Travis Hartman. Uh, once again, thanks to our media partners, TH Boxing, Goldstream Financial, and IF Enterprises. Uh, we can try final thoughts. I mean, boxing's, I'm a broken record, but I'm going to keep being a broken record until it's not true. Like they always say, facts don't have feelings. The facts mm. are right now, boxing's hot. It's helping all the other combat sports as well because combat sports in general is probably hot. But I am 100%. The numbers don't lie. Boxing is the most popular combat sport right now. Television-wise, pay-wise, viewership-wise, attendance-wise, boxing is the you hottest see plenty of in guys, the world. Plenty of guys in the other combat sports wanted to cross over for that money. 
I'm a I'm a big supporter of all combat sports. I think yeah, if anytime are. someone's willing to put their their life and their body on the line to entertain people at home, it's an amazing thing. Um, but boxing definitely the money is there right now, guys. Um, and hopefully on the other combat sports sides where there is money, they need to start paying fighters. We've talked about that before. Um, so, I don't think they're going, and that's why I wanted to mention is that I'm not trying to say boxing is better than them. I'm saying that right now the facts are that combat sports are popular. They absolutely. are, but boxing is the most popular. That can help all of them. Absolutely. That helps the other combat sports be popular too because that's why you have spinoffs, bare-knuckle fighting, the, UFC, MMA, all of that. The tides rise all boats. Yeah, so I, we, and I think that's what, what's going on right now. So we can travel. Uh, all I could do on my side for any sort of final thought is this. I just ask if you enjoy what you we, you listen to, subscribe below. Give us yeah. a like. Give us a thumb up. Comment below. I know we had good feedback on our last episode, episode 82. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, just so those people at home that might be still be listening – we don't delete anything. Nope. We, we don't, don't delete any comments. We've never deleted one comment. Uh, I think YouTube does that for us. Um, do. You know, if you're saying something like a knucklehead. But if you're going to say something and it's and it is kind of out there, we we might consider it down the road. But we've never. Yeah. So if you see there's a certain number of comments and all of a sudden, hey, these guys must be covering their no, we're not covering anything. So uh, that being said, I left the bad ones even like a couple of the ones that, that obviously were really trashed on me. I left it. Like yeah. we don't delete them. Like literally. So what I will say though, if you're not subscribing below, I'm just kind of curious because what's going to end up happening folks is this is what's going to happen you're going to get one of these one day hello are you subscribed to the wayne and Travis hartman podcast heck no who is this <laughs> right i'll go subscribe tomorrow right in the kisser being money punching people now. i'm usually not the Coach guy that does money that. Punching people. i'm not the guy that does that but i will be subscribed below folks because you know what why not well, you subscribe. You subscribe to cat videos and and um, uh, I don't know who else. I don't know. I don't know the YouTube scene very well. I don't subscribe to cat There's videos. There's a bunch of popular YouTube videos that are funny, silly that I've never heard of, and this guy's got like 20 million followers. I'm like, I've never heard of this person. No, me either. But so, oh well. So we can travel. Anything else? No, we're, I think we're good. I think we are good, and that's it for us uh, from here on the second floor of this boxing gym on the TH Boxing Facility in Laureate Park, specifically Orlando, Florida, uh, shooting the number one Beers Bourbon Boxing Podcast. In the world. In the world. Thank you so much for joining and tuning in. God bless. Boom.